I have a very atypical, self-motivated, disciplined personality. And if I'm not getting the answers that I need from the doctors, I was going to take things into my own hands and do it myself. Welcome to Invisible Not Broken. Today, we're talking about medical research, healthcare insurance, and more. Our host, Monica, is joined by writer and entrepreneur, Michaela Hu. Okay, Michaela, I'm so excited to talk to you, not just because you have probably the prettiest room behind you I've ever seen, but you're doing a lot of really interesting stuff, and I have so many questions for you. So one of my big questions for you is you went through a long period of time trying to figure out your diagnosis, and I'm really curious about that journey for you because most of us, like I had a 30-year journey to figure out what I had, and I really want to hear from you because you're a lot younger than I am. And I'm curious if it's changed since I was younger. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's a common pattern with those with chronic illness getting a diagnosis because especially in the United States, doctors are not trained to treat, diagnose chronic illness. And it's just oftentimes a very long journey for those who are dealing with chronic illness. And it was the same with me. In my health history, just going back, I have never felt well ever since I can remember. I have always had these weird aches and pains, not anything that was really the classic flu or a cold or something or an ear infection. Not that those are normal, but those are just more mainstream for children to get. But I had weird ringing in my ears or pains in the arches of my feet, unexplained joint pain. One time when I was like seven years old, I randomly threw out my neck. Like I just like turned and like it, it wasn't even any trauma to my body. But I know I remember I was washing my hands in my bathroom. So I turned around to like dry my hands and then my neck went completely out. So just random weird things that in my head, never really correlated. I couldn't draw any sort of pattern to them. I also had digestive issues. I had weird brain fog. So as a child dealing with this, that was all I knew. So growing up, I thought, okay, well, I have these very weird random issues, but I guess that's just me because I had friends in school who were lactose intolerant or they had allergies to flowers or grass, which again is not normal, but it's just more widely accepted in society than these random things that I was dealing with. So I thought, well, I guess that's just what I have to deal with. So of course, it's not anything that I was proud of, like having digestive issues, I would have bloating like weird gas, diarrhea, constipation. So I, I didn't really advertise this to my parents. I just kept it inside. I thought that it was just something that I was going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. So I never brought it up with my parents. They thought that everything was hunky-dory, except I did have eczema, really bad rashes all over my body. And obviously I couldn't hide that. So that's the only thing that my parents thought that I was dealing with. So my mom would take me to the pediatrician. And of course, like, what are they going to do? Oh, it's eczema. Let me write you out a prescription. And like, off you go to the pharmacy. So that's what we did, because that's basically what we were taught to do as diligent patients. Just go to the doctor, get your little prescription, go to the pharmacy, get your prescription and just use it. And then you are essentially just treating the symptom, but not the root cause. 
So that was an endless cycle with my mom, me, and the pediatrician or the dermatologist, whoever we went to. And I would use the prescription ointment that they gave me, which of course had steroids in it. And it thinned out here if you look at the warning. Oh, if you use this for over a week, it'll thin out the layers of your skin. But like, you know, off you go, like have fun with it. Like that's not a red flag. So I would use the topical ointments that the doctors would prescribe to me. Sure enough, this rashes would clear for like a few months. Then they would come back and back to the doctor. Oh, you are now immune to what we prescribed you before. So here's another prescription. So it was just like this like endless cycle of prescription, use, it heals, comes back prescription heals. I used it and it comes back. Then after a while, the cycle never ended. I should also mention, this is important. I grew up on the East Coast, Connecticut, and it's very humid there. The humidity tended to flare up my rashes, all of my symptoms pretty much. So when I was 13, my dad got a job opportunity to move to San Francisco. So we all moved to the Bay Area and the weather there, although it tends to be like foggy and rainy, it still is drier than the humidity on the East Coast. So when we moved there, my skin magically didn't clear up completely, but started to get better. So we all thought, hey, maybe it's more climate related than anything else. And I wasn't going to question why I was feeling better. I was just like, great. I, I'm just glad that I don't have rashes all over my body. So that was doing better. But at the same time, I still had these random like weird bloating. I, I could drink and get bloated. Like literally like no rhyme or reason for anything. Keep in mind, I'm not telling my parents any of this. So they think that since my skin's cleared up, like I am just as healthy as can be. Nothing's wrong. So you were talking about how you were having trouble with talking to your parents about your digestive issues. And I'm really curious about it because I was terrified to talk to my parents, but it was more because my dad used to make jokes all the time. Not that he's not a wonderful dad, but he used to make jokes like, what's the daily sick report? And I, it really started to like make me feel like I couldn't have a conversation with my parents about my health because it was like, oh, you're attention seeking. And I have no idea if that's true for you or not. I want to throw that out there for any parents who are listening. Like your words kind of matter. And even if you mean well, it can really quiet down your child if they feel like they're being judged for their health issues. So I want to hear from you why you were not wanting to talk to your parents about how you were feeling. For me, it was more so embarrassment because from my parents' point of view at that point, I had no issues. I was healthy. I rarely got sick. So they thought I was just super healthy. Even now, I hardly ever got sick. I think you can go both ways. If you have chronic illness, you can be the one who literally, it's like someone could be like a mile away and sneeze and then you get whatever they have or else you, your body could be so hyperactive and that it sees like a germ that's 10 feet away. And it's like, oh, gotta go into like reactive mode. And I think that I am the latter. I think that I definitely have a hyperactive system and that's why I never get sick. That's the long way of saying my parents didn't really think that I had any issues. So do you think that you have like a mirror? Like I was scared to tell my parents because I was always sick and unwell. Do you feel like there was some sort of like thing there that you felt like you had to hide it because you were that? That was almost a part of your identity. You're the one who doesn't get sick. You know, no one has ever asked me that, but 
yeah, I think there was a degree of that at play. And I didn't have any chronic illness friends growing up. Like I had friends who had like allergies or just like they got sick a lot, but like no one who had a diagnosed chronic illness. So although I mean, going I, back into... Are you the, an only child? Yeah, I am. Yes. I knew I recognized her game. Yes, it's me too. But I, I asked that because I think that also parents are untrained. You're the only child to the first, like seriously, they hand you this. You don't have kids, right? I'm not like over. No, no, I don't. Like they just sort of hand you this little human. They're like, so you're going to figure everything out. And fuck with that three days after you give birth. And I think that there's this level of like, you're just trying to figure stuff out and what's normal yourself as a parent. And when you don't have any other kids to connect the dots to, I think it's easier, like, especially for my parents to go, oh, this is just how this is. Yeah, exactly. And also I was a straight A student. So, I mean, it just goes with the whole territory of this perfect facade of I never got sick. I was a straight A student. I was very introverted. I was more of the bookish type, not really one to party or anything, not really into the whole social scene of school. So I think going back to your question, yeah, it was probably part of my identity just to have like a nice never rocking the boat. Like I never went through a teenage rebellious stage. So my parents had it pretty easy with me. But now, I mean, they, I, I'm making up for lost time now with all of my issues. So I mean, I guess I was a late bloomer. So because my parents actually, like they really helped me out. They, it's so funny. They say that I am more high maintenance now than I was when I was a kid. I have all these different things. Like traveling with me is a headache. So now going back to my digestive issues, like let's just fast forward like five years. So I'm in my late teens and my digestive issues are not getting any better at all. In fact, they're getting worse. And it gets to a point where I just can't hide it anymore. I'm bloated constantly. Every single time I put anything in my mouth, it just like gives me extreme stomach pain. I can't even drink water normally. I am throwing out joints with no trauma to the joint. Like I'm constantly at the chiropractor and things are not going well. So I told my parents, there's something terribly wrong with my digestion. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I should see a nutritionist or a gastroenterologist or I haven't seen a doctor other than just my annual checkup. So I don't know what doctor would specialize in something like this, but I got a serious problem here. So we went to a nutritionist, my mom and I, and just someone that we found that had good Yelp reviews in Berkeley because we were living in the Bay Area and she took insurance. And I don't know if the viewers are or listeners rather are familiar with the Bay Area, but Berkeley is kind of a mecca for all things health and wellness. So I thought, well, this nutritionist has to know what's up with me because she, although she's an MD, she practices holistically. So I'm sure I'm going to get somewhere with her. So I went to see her and she did a skin prick test on me, which it's how you test for food allergies. But I tested positive for about 75% of the foods that she tested me for. And she went like almost to 100 foods. And they were in the space on my back to do the test. So they went on my arms and it was a very long process. So my mom and I get this paper back. That's the doctor's. And 
we look at it and almost all of the results are in red and that's what you test positive for. So we're looking at this sheet that's comprised of like 75% of red. And we both look at each other and we're like, could I possibly be allergic to all of these foods? How does that even work? Like literally, am I going to have to subsist on three foods? So the nutritionist was so sweet. She said, generally, when she sees results like this, it means that they're false positives. Don't be alarmed. It generally means that there's leaky gut going on. So she said she doesn't know what started it. Maybe I have some sort of sensitivity to maybe gluten. We don't know. But we have to repair my gut. So I have to do an elimination diet because that's what prescribed for leaky gut. So I did an elimination diet for a month, which is what she suggested. And I was feeling better, not healed, but I just was feeling better because I wasn't eating anything that was irritating me. So the inflammation was going down. That was good. Went back a month later for a checkup and I tested positive for the same foods. And there, my body, even though I was feeling better, like just on paper from the sensitivity, the skin prep test showed no improvement. So my doctor said, well, I mean, you didn't get sick overnight. So let's try to do an elimination diet for three months. So uh, I did that. And long story short, same thing. Like I went through this endless cycle again, another cycle with a doctor and it just kind of reached the dead end after about the uh, year and a half. We weren't getting anywhere. And our last visit, she just said, you know, you're really a typical case. Maybe you just have to live like this for the rest of your life. Maybe like just the foods that you're eating. And I was on a, that, that time, my body was having a, lar- a hard time tolerating proteins. So I was on a mainly fruitarian diet, which was not sustainable. I was not getting all the vitamins I needed. And I knew that. But I just thought, well, you know, for this time, I can just do this as long as it will help my body to dial down the inflammation and I can get back on track. So she said, you know, maybe maybe you'll just have to be like this. And my mom and I have a very strong intuition. So we both didn't accept that as the answer. We knew there's something else going on. This idiopathic leaky gut is, again, addressing a symptom. What is causing the leaky gut. So the doctor said, I could send you to Stanford. That was her answer. I, I like she pretty much said like she cannot offer anything else from her expertise. But if we wanted to see another doctor, she could send us to Stanford Medical Hospital. She could send us to UCSF. So we said, okay, you know, send us to Stanford. And we're like, what have we got to lose? So we went to Stanford. We went to see a gastroenterologist. They did loads of testing on me. I got endoscopies, colonoscopies, something called a gastric emptying study, which traces how fast you digest food. And in the end, I was diagnosed with gastroparesis. And that essentially means that part of my stomach is paralyzed, which was why I was constantly bloated. So I had a gut motility issue. We identified that. Again, when you really dig deep into what that diagnosis is, it just essentially means that my body digest food at a very slow pace and I get bloated easily, which is like what I went into the doctor saying like, hey, I have a really bad digestion. Everything that I eat just bloats me. I get constipated really easily. So again, getting answers, but not really getting to the root cause. So I did a lot of research on my own because again, I have a very strong intuition. I have a very atypical self-motivated 
disciplined personality. And if I'm not getting the answers that I need from the doctors, I was going to take things into my own hands and do it myself. So I took to the University of Google and I just started researching all of my symptoms, what could it possibly be? Because I was tested for celiac disease, SIBO, Crohn's, and ulcerative colitis, everything under the autoimmune sun. And everything was negative. So what kept popping up when I was doing research on my symptoms were chronic illnesses, which was a road that I had not pursued. So I was coming across articles about parasites and candida and thyroid issues. Lyme disease came up a few times. So I thought this is something to consider. I mean, unfortunately, all the doctors that I had looked into that specialized in infectious disease and Lyme disease were not covered by insurance. But then I somehow stumbled upon these chronic illness support groups on Facebook and I joined them and I thought, well, maybe this is a place where I can get some answers and kind of figure out what's going on without having to see a doctor. Because I mean, as I'm sure you know, it's very expensive to see these doctors. And if you're not 100% sure if you have the illness, it's a lot of money to fork over with not even knowing that if it's going to be anything conclusive after you get tested or not. Real quick, for our listeners all over the globe, if you don't have to have health insurance in your country, keep fighting as hard as you possibly can. The NHS is important. We're here in the U.S. So when we're talking about expensive, I think my last test cost $16,000. And with insurance, we had to pay, I think it was 15000 Like the insurance only covered 1000 Oh, wow. Also don't know how much the test is going to cost till after the test is done. Exactly. But even if you ask and you do all of your due diligence, if a doctor looks at the result that you didn't say you want that doctor to look at and they were outside of your insurance, you can be charged for the whole test. If you, an anesthesiologist who comes in because your anesthesiologist was sick that day that you approved and that anesthesiologist isn't on your insurance, you will be charged for the whole thing. So I just want to be really clear with people outside of the U.S. because I don't think y'all know what we're dealing with when they say, you know, wait times. We still wait. Like for my diagnosis for Ehlers-Danlos, it was a three-year wait to see the doctor. (laughs) So with hearing, oh, wait times are better in the U.S. No, they're not. Please stop that myth immediately. And the cost can be up to a house and you just don't know. So I just want to be all of our, our listeners across the globe. Like this is what we're dealing with here in the U.S. Like You kind of go into it blindly. You don't know if there's going to have to be additional testing done. And sometimes insurance covers a large portion of it. Sometimes they don't. A lot of times these doctors bill the insurance retroactively and then you don't know if it's going to be covered at all and you just only hope that maybe some of it's going to be covered. So a lot of it is just completely going into it blindly, which is something that unfortunately is how it is. It's not how the system should be, but it's just what our medical system is today. And it is better than it was. You're you're probably, I don't think you were going into doctors when we had just gotten Obamacare. But before that, you couldn't tell a doctor if you'd been assaulted, if you were a victim of domestic abuse, because that would negate your health insurance, even retroactively. And it was kind of down to having acne was considered a pre-existing condition. And that could like, even if you'd had your surgery, it was approved. They had entire teams at the the insurance agency that would look through and try to catch something that was a pre-existing condition and go, no, sorry, <laughs> like acne. So it, it's this weird power dynamic I think we have here, especially in the U.S., doctors and patients, where it's really hard, especially with some like gastro issues. I don't know if you experienced yeah. this. I've had a lot of like trauma that's documented in my teenage life. And 
it became a real issue when it was like stomach stuff. Like, oh no, you're just crazy. Oh no, you're just a teenage girl. Yeah. Like power dynamic where they could like say you're crazy and then not give you help. Oh my goodness. In my post visit notes from one doctor, he said that I was delusional. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. And I, I like, I have that it's still saved because it's just completely bonkers that a doctor feels like he has the license to call a patient delusional when I am going to him with specific symptoms that may not be like, it's not like I have a severed limb, not anything that's visible, but because it's invisible, all of a sudden it turns to, oh, it's all in your head. You just need to de-stress or you just need to oh my God. cope with it. Yeah. Let's do the stress thing for just a second because I feel like it's the modern day hysteria. Like yeah. if a woman comes in or someone who presents as female comes in and documents everything, you still get, oh, sweetheart, you're just not supposed to be working it's and doing all this. You're doing a lot. You should probably just do some yoga and calm down and like eat bonbons and watch soap opera. Which I mean, I don't want to undermine stress because stress is a huge oh, yeah. factor of our health and it is very detrimental to our health. And I think overall, as society, we are way too overtaxed on a daily basis and we do need to de-stress. But at the same time, I was thinking in my mom the same way because she would come to all my doctor's appointments. Look, I have these serious issues. I don't think although stress, yes, causes health issues, they can cause this type of very severe symptoms. Like if I had this power to wreaks this much havoc on my gut. Like maybe we should try to like harness this for the good. Like maybe I can like manifest some money here or something. And in the end, it was parasites in my body. If I could like create this parasitic colony in my and of candida too in my body to try to like manifest some money out of nowhere too. That's beside the point. So ended up putting in the Facebook groups, hey, these are the issues I'm dealing with. I had pictures of my blow that looked like I was nine months pregnant. And I said like, this is some next level stuff here. I'm not talking about like, oh, I get a little migraine or I get a little stomach ache. Like I am in bed in fetal position for hours in pain every time I eat essentially. And this is not normal. A lot of people in those chronic illness support groups said, your symptoms sound very Lyme-y. I know that a lot of Lyme patients not only deal with joint pain, which I had, but digestive issues, skin issues, everything kind of the, the symptoms list, which of course Lyme is the whole gamma of symptoms. It's very hard to pinpoint exactly what Lyme causes because it's pretty much everything under the sun. So I found this Lyme doctor in LA who a lot of other people who I followed on social media who had Lyme saw. And I thought, well, you know, if they got diagnosed by her and they had similar symptoms to me, chances are she knows what to do with me too. So we were living at the time in the Bay Area and the doctor was in LA and this was in 2020. So I was 26, but I was going to school part-time. I was getting my BFA in graphic design online. And I was originally scheduled to do a four-year BFA program, but then when everything else kind of went haywire, I couldn't keep up with my doctor's visits and tracing a diagnosis and doing my own research on all of my symptoms, which essentially was like me giving myself a degree in gastroenterology at the same time as pursuing my BFA in graphic design. And I also started my own skincare business with my mom 
during this time too. There was so much going on that I dropped down to doing a part-time and I ended up graduating in 2020, which is four years later than I would have graduated. So I was 26, graduating in 2020 and as a graduation gift, my dad said, let's all take a road trip down to LA. And it was both for seeing the doctor and for pleasure because I love LA. I love hot, warm weather. So just sign me up. I was like, perfect. So I got in with the doctor and that was at the very end of the trip. So me and my family, my I'm an only child, it was just my mom and my dad and my dog came too. And we just did sightseeing, all the things that you do when you're on a trip. And then the trip ended with going to see the doctor. And I was prepared because this was not covered by insurance. And I only had 60 minutes with this doctor and I knew that we needed to hit the ground running. So I wrote up this 20 page PDF itemizing like every single symptom I had accompanied with pictures. And I emailed videos of like weird sounds that my stomach made, just anything that could give her more knowledge about me and my issues before I even saw her so that she could pretty much know exactly what I was dealing with before she even saw me. She pretty much diagnosed me on the spot. Like she was just so spot on. She looked at me. She's like, honey, your rashes are not eczema. They are a symptom of Babesia, which is a co-infection of Lyme disease. It affects the skin. And your gut issues are a symptom of Bartonella, which is also a co-infection of Lyme disease. And it causes paralysis of the gut. It can also cause Bell's palsy of any part of your body. And it was wreaking havoc, obviously, on my gut. So there you go. There's where the gastroparesis came into play. So it wasn't like my gut motility was caused out of nothing. It was caused by the Babesia. So she said, we just need to run the test for Lyme disease. But I can tell you, you have Lyme disease. We just need to get it officially on paper. And I did. And that is how I got diagnosed with Lyme disease. And I also got tested for mold and parasites and candida and full blood panel of everything. And I also have mold toxicity and mycotoxins, parasite overgrowth, candida overgrowth, Hashimoto's, and Morgellon. So it's a nice little package deal because who has Lyme and none of these other issues? Yeah. I have a few questions for you because this is a lot to unpack. And one of the things I want to talk to you about is I had this weird reaction when I finally got a real diagnosis. And it was a diagnosis that actually explained all the little things that was like, oh, my God, that's actually all connected. How is that? You know, the joke is all are stainless. It's all connected and not connected because we dislocate mm. all the time. But I sat in my car and I cried for like about 45 minutes. And when one of my friends was diagnosed, I was the first person she called. And we just cried on the phone because it's this weird moment where you've been told your whole like for years, like it's just either in your head or it's a whatever thing. and then you actually get to find out the scientific reasoning. Not that you get an actual cure or a, a definite road to getting better, but it was just like almost just the idea of like, okay, this is actually real. I'm not just, you know, in my head about this. I'm curious if you had any of like those, any feelings about that when you you went on one hell of a journey and you worked so hard to get through that journey. I mean, I don't know if I know anyone who is as organized as you were about getting through this journey. That's impressive. How did you feel at the end of that? Or I mean, probably not completely the end, but how'd you feel once you got to the, you know, the golden ring? At that point, it was almost 10 years for me really chasing a diagnosis. And I was so numb and I think burnt out from seeing other doctors and not getting anywhere, leaving with more questions than answers, that finally 
when I got the results back and I tested positive for Lyme and mold and everything else, I was relieved. I, of course, felt bad. I was like, no one wants to be like, oh, I have a chronic illness. Yeah, it's positive. But I was just so relieved to finally have something to target. So I think that it was more so relief and just a feeling of accomplishment that I have finally found what I have been searching for for all of these years, pretty much my entire life, because ever since I can remember, I've been sick. So even though I didn't tell my parents, like I had, I've never felt well. So as a side note, going on another tangent, I grew up in a home that had toxic black mold that we didn't know about. And I was conceived in that house. So my theory is I developed mold in utero. So literally coming out of the womb, I have been chronically ill. I've never had a body that has not been in a state of fight or flight. I've always been on the defense. So I've never been a well person. So just the sense of, okay, I have a label to assign to what I've been dealing with was very much so comforting to me. And of course, you can't target something and get better if you don't have anything to target. And especially when it's like skin, no stomach, no this thing and it's connected. Oh, 100%. It's like, no, you're going to your ear, nose and throat, doctor. Or like I have POTS. Between neurology and cardiology, no one can agree whose patient I am. Exactly. Oh, that was how it was when I went to see the doctors at Stanford. We have a specialist that like yelled just the stomach. And then I went to see uh, OBGYN with my hormone issues. And then I went to see a neurologist with my brain fog. And I also had to see a rheumatologist about my joint pain. And all these doctors specialize in their one specific thing. And they don't really communicate. So I would just bounce from the gastroenterologist to the rheumatologist, to a nutritionist, to uh, OBJYN, to back to the gastroenterologist and just essentially get nowhere. The only thing I can say positive, like, I mean, at Stanford Medical Facility that I could give a huge five stars is, oh my God, that place looks beautiful. Oh, it, it's stunning. They have like the most lovely things. What's really impressive to me about everyone I talk to with chronic illness is the world isn't built for us. And that's just very clear. The corporate structure is not something that we can follow. And I know I started my own businesses out of a severe frustration from not being able to show up for work on time or to be able to finish a full day. And the world wasn't working for me. You've found some really interesting workarounds. You're running two separate businesses, which is really impressive to me. And I feel like they're very connected to your journey as well. Can you give me like a a good quick overview and we'll have links in our show notes for anyone who's interested in following up on this. As I briefly mentioned, when I was going to school for graphic design, I was dealing with a lot of rashes and digestive issues. My rashes were coming back worse than ever before, even though I was living in a drier climate. And it reached a point when I developed these rashes on my hands that were so debilitating that I lost flexibility in my fingers. Like if I went like this, the skin around my knuckles would crack and bleed. It looked like I had reptile skin. And granted, I was not going to the dermatologist. At that point, I knew that they were only going to prescribe me a prescription ointment. And there was no sense in going down that road because I knew that wasn't going to get to the root cause. I was determined to ride this out and figure out what was going on. And my dad actually said that it looked like there was a monster inside of me that was trying to come out through my skin. Well, too far off from that because I 
do have Lyme disease and bacterial infections and parasites, which essentially are monsters. And they were coming out through my skin because my skin would just crack and ooze. And I walked around the house with bandages wrapped around my hands like I was a burn victim. And my mom took to the kitchen and started alchemizing skincare treatments for me to use because I was so sensitive to everything that she started doing her own research. And she learned all these different bad ingredients that are in our skincare and started making natural remedies that were just purely plant-based and had just completely organic, pure, natural ingredients, no additives, no chemicals. And that's how our skincare business was born. It was, it's called My July and it, the name is from my favorite month of the year. I love summer. I love hot weather and beach days and just the carefree ease of the summertime. And also I was diagnosed with Lyme disease in July. So it carries a lot of meaning. So many special memories happened in July for me. That's amazing. Someday I'd love to have you back on to talk more about your ability to research because when we're on Google, there's so much good information, bad information, Facebook groups, good information, misinformation. So someday I'd love for you to come back on and talk a little bit more about your ability to research. I would love for you to come back on and talk a little bit more about your other business with discussing the chronic illness journey. We will have links to that as well. Oh, really quickly, kind of going in tandem with the researching, that's basically why my newest business, which is an online course all about demystifying the world of chronic illness, came about. Me and one of my dear friends who also has Lyme disease, who lives in LA too, she and I were talking and we were just saying it, it's so overwhelming from chasing a diagnosis to dealing with your symptoms to being told these crazy things from doctors that you don't know if you should take a face value or you should do your own research or you should seek out a second opinion that we decided to start an online course that pretty much is a 101 on how we got diagnosed with our chronic illnesses. We're not doctors, but we do have plenty of experience, which I believe is the best prerequisite to teach others. And we go deep into how we did our own research, how we got to where we are today and where we are in our healing journey. So it's a good guidebook for anyone who's dealing with mystery symptoms or just got diagnosed and they need more clarity on what to do next. So that course is called Chronically Hacked. And I'm sure Monica will have that in the show notes as well. But that is my most recent business, which was also born out of my chronic illness. I always say the best businesses are born out of necessity. And that is how both of our businesses were born. I hope you'll come back and talk a little bit more about running a business because I think there's a lot of people like us who would love to start something, don't know how, don't know how to manage their energy and time. And I'd love to have another conversation with you in the upcoming months about how that works and maybe some ideas on that. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and giving me your time, Michaela. It's absolutely lovely to get to know you. Thank you so much for having me on. I love talking about all things health, wellness, and chronic illness. So you are right up my alley. Oh, lovely. Well, everyone be kind, be gentle, be a badass. And I We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us today. To find out more about today's episode, including show notes, transcripts, and more, please visit invisiblenotbroken.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support this show by heading over to our Patreon or by sharing these episodes. We are non-advertising, and our growth is thanks to you listeners. Thank you to our hosts, Monica and Michaela, for a great discussion today. 
This episode was edited by me, Luke Spine. Last but not least, be kind, be gentle, and be badass.